Come on, everybody. Here we go. Up to Neverland. Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where we interview Disney content creators and product producers. We share Disney stories and strategies for how to grow your Disney hobby or business. Here's your host, Brendan Wright. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is a very special episode because I love being able to provide trip reports to you guys. So today's a brand new destination of somewhere that we have yet to talk about, and that's Tokyo Disneyland. Such an amazing place. I know so many of our guests and so many of you guys as listeners have interacted with me saying that Tokyo is somewhere that you really want to get out to. So hopefully I'll be able to give you a glimpse into what that park is like. And to do that, Justin from Walt's Wardrobe is back to join us. So Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Before you get into it, um, if you have not heard our interview back in episode 34, I really recommend going back and listening to that one as well. Justin shares the story of his Disney love and his passion for Disney, and also the story of Walt's Wardrobe as a really amazing Disney-inspired apparel company that I love so much. Um, hearing the beginnings of that, how it grew and, and became what it is today. So great episode if you want to go back and listen to that one. But today we're going to talk about your guys' amazing trip. So you hit up Tokyo itself as the city. As the city, You went to Tokyo Disneyland Resort. And then on the way back, you swung through Alani. So amazing, a trip of a lifetime. So thank you so much for joining us. Can't wait to get into it. I am glad to be here and glad to talk about it. Always ready to talk about it. <laughs> Good deal. So you've had a couple days to let it sink back in and, and kind of get your bearings. Um, so I think probably a good place to start is let's just dial it back. And how did you guys decide that Tokyo was the destination that you wanted to go to? And how did that planning process uh, and booking process go for you guys? Yeah, so um, we, of course, like just like every other Disney fan, wanted to do an international park. Um, and I think Tokyo was on our list just because we love Asian food and we felt like Tokyo was something that was a little bit more accessible. Shanghai kind of kind of scares us a bit. And then if we were going to do Hong Kong, it's got it. Like we would probably do Hong Kong and Shanghai together. Um, so we decided on Tokyo. Um, as far as planning process, we started that about like six months out. Um, we kind of just put in a rough date around there. And the first thing we actually booked was the hotel. Um, so we actually stayed at the Disneyland Hotel. And the crazy thing about that is um, hotels go quick as far as Disney hotels. Um, you basically have to book those six months out because if you don't book it six months out, you're probably not going to get the hotel you want. Um, we it was a little bit pricier. Um, it's more around like a like a deluxe resort comparable to like the Polynesian or or um, probably like the Grand um, Floridian. Um, and basically, how they how they structure the pricing is um, they do it by like views, of course, but also level of floor. So the lower level you are, the more inexpensive it gets. And then the higher you go up, the more expensive it gets. Um, we ended up being on the fourth floor. And we actually had a theme park view, which was very surprising. I didn't even know I booked that. 
basically um i ended up just booking what was available and at the cheapest price point and um the bed type that i wanted we ended up getting a king bed um but they if you don't get a king bed you usually get um multiple twin beds which is um strange to think about like a twin bed basically only sleeps one person yeah so what was that process like of getting from the airport to the Tokyo resort the Disneyland resort area yeah it was super um so we were actually very worried about that just because we had about like three suit three rolling suitcases with us um and then backpacks each um because we've heard we asked friends and then one of them said that they actually um took the train public transportation um from Narita airport um, it's around a 40 minute drive through public transportation. You're probably adding on like another 30 minutes to that. Um, so we wanted to get um, either like a taxi or like a bus. Um, the really easy thing about it is once you get to Narita airport, you go to the basically ground transportation and there's services that tell you um, take you to certain destinations and Disneyland was one of them, um, and it was only about like thirty-five bucks for each of us to take us there on like a forty-minute drive. Good deal. And so, once you arrived at the Disneyland Hotel, what's the theming and the kind of the story of that hotel? So the Disneyland Hotel, it's kind of like um, it's got the aesthetic of the Grand Californian, uh, Grand Floridian. Um, so it's very like Victorian type. Um, but one thing which kind of like goes around with the whole um, resort is wherever they can put a Disney element, they will. Um, so like you'll see random like paintings of um, of Alice in Wonderland, the King, the Queen, the Rabbit. Um, anywhere they can put Mickey, they put Mickey. Um, so anytime they can use Disney property, they will, and they'll find a way to put it in. Um, but it it's that um, Victorian type of feel. Mm -hmm. And so since you guys were at the Tokyo Disneyland hotel, did you ever jump on the monorail and go to any of the other resorts or since you could walk straight in, did you have any need to do that? So the Disneyland hotel is, um, walkable, probably like a five minute, it's right next door, like a five minute walk to Disneyland in order to get a Tokyo Disney sea, which is the other theme park. You have to take the monorail. Um, the good thing about staying at the Disney hotels is um, they give you free monorail tickets because their monorail is basically public transportation. Um, so just if you're getting on, you have to pay a couple bucks to take it one way. Um, and then if you want to take it, because they can, you can take it to the other train station that takes you around Tokyo, or you can take it to the other way to the other hotels like the Hilton, um, Sheraton, and I want to say there's like a couple more around there. Um, so, yeah, we did have to take that. Good deal. So I think we got our bearings. You guys got all settled in. Uh, I remember seeing your Instagram story of that theme park view looked amazing. I guess, yeah. it, it, I guess is it similar setup to kind of how the Disneyland Hotel is in Paris where it kind of overlooks and you can – could you see down Main Street or is it just kind of out into the park? So their Main Street is actually covered. Um, so you can see the building or like the, the covering of main street, 
and then your direct view is basically of that um, Main Street building, and then you can see the castle, and then Disney Sea is like directly behind that, so you can actually see the mountain um, volcano as well. So you can see both of those in your sight, and then at night you do get the um, fireworks. Gotcha. So I know Tokyo Disneyland is a similar setup as far as Fast Pass wise to Disneyland in California where you don't have to do anything advanced. So how did you guys acquire your tickets? Did you purchase them ahead of time? Wait till you got there? What did that process look like? Yeah, so this is another tricky thing too. Um, we didn't want to waste any time, so we wanted to buy tickets ahead of time. But um, because of like the Japanese website, you have to have either a Japanese credit card or like a Japanese address to buy the tickets. Um, so you can actually buy it um, when you get there. Um, they have ticket counters at the theme park entrances, but those do get packed. Um, they also have tickets um, at the hotel you're staying at. So Tokyo Hilton, they you can buy tickets there. I want to say that's cash only. And then there's tickets in Tokyo Disneyland, and we were able to use card for that. Good deal. So I think we're ready to jump into it. So was the which park did you guys go to first? So the first park we actually went to was Tokyo Disney Sea. Um, we had a half day that day, so we went to basically their downtown Disney called like Expari Expiri. Um, so we did that for the first part of the day, and then they actually offer a after six p.m. ticket, um, which roughly is about forty bucks. Um, so we did that the first night we got there. And we did Tokyo Disney Sea, and we were able to see that at night. Um, that's where Fantasmic is. Um, fast passes were basically gone for the day, so we were able to try a couple snacks, and then we were able to um, ride Journey to the Center of Earth, which is amazing. Yeah, so that's kind of the e-ticket attraction in Tokyo Disney Sea, correct? Well, technically, their main e-ticket is um, Toy Story, but. <laughs> Um, so like in the beginning of the day, everybody will be running that direction. Um, but since we have it in each theme park here and it's exactly the same ride, um, we decided not to ride it. Um, so yeah, we went to Journey to the Center of the Earth and that was our favorite ride, um, of both parks. So without, I know a lot of people don't want to know like the story of the ride, but can you at least tell us kind of the style of that attraction and, and maybe the backstory to it? Yeah, it's, um, as far as the, the style of it, if I were to compare it to anything, it would have the dark ride elements of um, Navi River Journey. Um, so it would have those elements, and it's a thrill ride in the same sense as Splash Mountain. Um, and basically the, the general... Um, storyline is you're basically going as the ride, the name of the ride says you're going to the center of the earth. Good deal. So Tokyo Disney Sea as a whole, what were your first impressions from it? I mean, just from my standpoint, it looks unlike any other park that I've ever experienced. So what kind of what emotions and, and what kind of feelings did you guys get when you experienced that park? Oh, it's, um, it's amazing. I'm glad that we took that extra half day to go to that theme park. Um, we kind of made that our choice just because there is nothing like that in the States. 
um, or even in any theme park or any other Disney park that I know of. Um, and it is very detail-oriented. Um, it basically has the details of like anything Joe Rody has done, but throughout the whole theme park. Um, the architecture is amazing. Um, basically, so Disney Sea, their main theme for that park is um, ports, port cities. Um, so you have you'll have different lands. Um, so you'll have like the Venice portion of the of the park, um, New York, but like old New York. Um, you'll have the Nemo area, um, the Arabian coast, the, um, what am I thinking? Oh, Port Discovery, um, which is very Jules Verne-esque. Um, you get to see a Nautilus there. Um, so it's all very different. Um, and we kind of were just like taking it in, um, cause the, thing about it is it, it's not like, you know, based off of any Disney properties. So it kind of gives you that Epcot feel, um, but in a whole different way, just because it, it's surrounded by like waters and, and um, like sea. So since we're on the topic right now and kind of talking about the layout of the park, did you guys have a chance to talk about or did you think about that 2020 expansion that co- that's coming to Tokyo Disney Sea and how that will affect the park by putting in, you know, intellectual property storylines with, I think there's a Peter Pan area. Um, and I think even some frozen like Arendelle areas as well. Did you guys get a chance to think about that? So are those going into sea? I think so. Okay. Um, cause I know they're building a Soren ride. Um, and we could see the construction um, I'm not too sure. So the weird thing about um, Tokyo Disney Sea, it's not a hub and spoke style as far as the layout of the theme park. And when you would walk around, we got lost the first couple of days just because we didn't know where everything was. And you kind of can't backtrack to the front of the park. I'm not too sure if that was because of construction or because that was just the layout of it. Um, it would be kind of kind of weird to see Arendelle there just because... They have a castle there that has a restaurant, um, and then you would have another castle, because that castle is very, like, it's reminiscent of um, the Arendelle Castle. And then, what was the other land you said? I think there's a Peter Pan area, and with my luck, I have all this wrong, and it's actually going to Tokyo Disneyland, but... (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I believe, I know there's a Peter Pan area, and I think a Tangled area as well. Yeah, see, that, that... I don't know. It might be going to Disneyland because I can see that fitting in Disneyland very well. Um, but I mean, I it, 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 they would probably make it work. I I would have no doubt that they would make it work, and it would still be an incredible theme park. Mm-hmm. Well, good deal. So we've covered some of the attractions in Tokyo Disney Sea. What about the food? Was there anything that really stood out that you guys tried in that oh, park? I don't know if we're just biased to Asian food, but we love everything. <laughs> Um, so Megan and I didn't make any dining reservations. One, because in order to make dining reservations, you have to make it day of, um, there's no planning ahead as far as dining reservations. Um, and we just ended up not doing any of that. Um, so 
as far as our eating habits, we basically snacked and we um, ate quick service. Um, I wish I had a map around like a theme park map with me because I wanted to name some of the restaurants that we went to. Um, but we uh, ended up snacking that first night and basically their snacks are like steam buns, um, very like Japanese and Asian um, snacks. Um, so we got a shrimp and pork Ursula theme because it was Halloween bun. Um, we also got popcorn that first night. Um, popcorn is a big deal. People line up for popcorn. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have crazy flavors. That first night we ended up getting um, milk chocolate popcorn. Um, we Throughout the trip, we also ended up trying the curry popcorn, which was really good. Um, garlic shrimp popcorn. There was also a black pepper popcorn, a soy sauce popcorn. And what was their holiday one? Or their seasonal one was a barbecue popcorn. So it's it's definitely something very different. I remember seeing on one of your stories that you guys had like a popcorn hierarchy. <laughs> so what? which yeah. were your favorite ones and which ones kind of missed the mark for you guys? So top was um, curry. Curry was really good. Um, for some reason, we were we were more drawn to like the savory popcorns. So it went curry popcorn, garlic shrimp popcorn, um, strawberry popcorn, hmm. then milk chocolate popcorn. Um, milk chocolate was basically like eating like a like chocolate, but <laughs> popcorn. Um, so yeah, that that was that was our list. Uh, we didn't get to try all of them, but hopefully we'll have another trip so we can get the rest of them. Yeah. So you guys got a Shandu tail too, correct? That's yeah. Kind of a, a big item that a lot of people get, right? Yeah. So in the Arabian Coast area, they have a ride. Um, it's Sinbad. And Sinbad has a sidekick, which is basically like a baby tiger uh, named Shandu. And his uh, treat is, um, it's no longer a Shandu tail. It's a, it's a Chandu, um, like his face. So his face portion is a steam bun with curry, chicken curry on the inside. And then his hat is actually a um, like a shrimp and pork steam bun, which is crazy to think because like snacks are relatively inexpensive over there. So for a bun like that, it would probably cost you around like three fifty. And to think that the theme park would go out of their way to make two separate buns and then put them together and then decorate it as a character and only sell it to you for three fifty, like that kind of detail just blew me away. Yeah, I. it's funny that you mentioned that because when my wife and I were watching some of your stories and, and doing some of our research for Tokyo, we commented on that, that it seems like there's a lot more affordable options that especially, I mean, we just got back from Disneyland, so that's fresh on our mind. Like Bingo Barbecue, amazing food, but yeah. you put you know, chunks of chicken on a skewer and they sell it to you for like seven or $8 at least, I think. Yeah. And you know, they're, they're doing much more intricate and, um, you know, all honestly better looking meals in Tokyo or better looking snacks at, at a cheaper price. Yeah. So we ended up eating in mysterious Island. There was a Chinese restaurant. Um, and we got the full spread basically. Um, I ended up getting, um, I end up getting 
Um, anyway, I ended up getting like a main dish. Um, and then Megan got her main dish as well. Um, and then I saw dessert I wanted. So we got the dessert and then, um, I didn't end up getting a drink. I went to the register and of course, you know, English is not their first language there. Um, so there is language barrier, but anyway, the lady would point to the menu and say, Hey, you're paying the exact same thing as this set menu price, but then you can get another side dish. So she was helping us out and we ended up getting basically two full trays of food for around 30 bucks, which was crazy. And you get drinks like at Disney, that's going to cost you way more than that. <laughs> for sure. So if you think of any other food items, then, then definitely brought them out because I know that's something that is so unique to those parks. Some of the other areas that I know you guys spent some time in and I'm interested in were the Mermaid Lagoon area. So I know it's geared towards a younger audience, but it seems like the theming there is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. So Mermaid Lagoon, the outside is just, it, it's just amazing. Like I said, the architecture is just detailed. At night, it lights up. There's fiber optics at the top of the building and it just looks great at night it looks great in day two um basically what it is it's a it's a giant building it's huge um and what you do is you go into the building the building leads you downstairs and in the building it has a bunch of um you could say like off the shelf theme park rides but basically um you should know this because you just came from disneyland um or those did bugs land close already it was closed already, yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they had a lot of rides reminiscent of Bugs Land. Um, so they would have like a spinning ride or like a jellyfish ride um, that would go up and down. And then they also have a, um aerial show. Um, it is in Japanese. She sings in English. Um, but the, the um, acting is in, in Japanese. Um, but the good thing about it, or the awesome thing about it is Ariel is actually on like suspension ropes and she moves around the theater above you like she was swimming in water. And then, um, they would have Sebastian as a puppet and they would have screens up top. So they have that in there as well. They have a restaurant, they have a gift shop. And then in the inside is where you can actually get the, sea salt monaco shell um which is an ice cream a sea salt ice cream treat like wrapped around like a like a wafer cookie kind of deal and that was really good yeah well since you mentioned it something that i wrote down and i think some people would be interested in is i know they have a pretty unique um kind of raffle i guess almost to see shows and then once you get into see shows how did you guys experience that where some of it was in japanese was it still enjoyable you know were you able to follow along yeah um so first thing as far as the raffle um at disney sea there's only one raffle for that uh for um at that park which is big band beat which is like a theater um kind of the size of the hyperion in disneyland um but not as big. Um, and that show is basically um, Mickey and his friends and they do like an old jazz show. Um, so that's a raffle system. Basically what you do is you go to and the raffle area ticket. Um, you go to a kiosk, 
you scan your park tickets, and then you enter the raffle for a certain time that you choose. You can only enter the raffle once a day, and um, if you don't get it, you can try another day. Um, we were lucky enough to get it, so we were able to do that. Um, that show was fully in English. I think that was the only show that was all English. Um, but when it came down to the other shows, we actually watched at Disney Sea. We actually watched the Little Mermaid show, and there's an Aladdin show um, with Genie, and that one is incredible. Um, the special effects, um, the the cast members actually perform magic in that one. So there's like a part magic show, a 3D element with Genie, um, but that's all in Japanese. So we didn't and we didn't understand a word of it, but we still had a great time just because like we kind of get the gist of what they're saying. <laughs> it just felt weird because there would be punchlines and everybody around us would be laughing. And <laughs> no idea. What they said. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So. I think we are ready and we can jump over and talk about Tokyo Disneyland. Before uh, we move on, there's one more snack I want to talk about. Yeah, go for it. And that's one that probably like everybody wants to try are those alien mochis. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that's at Disney Sea. Um, if you don't know what mochi is, basically it's like a, I don't know how to sound, make this sound appetizing, but it's like a rice, it's a rice like wrapper kind of deal. That's kind of sticky. Um, and then this isn't ice cream mochi. It's um, custard mochi. Um, so each alien has a different flavored custard in it. So it's either um, vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. Um, and people just get them for Instagram posts. And <laughs> they look amazing. Um, I forgot the price of them. But they were still fairly inexpensive. You guys also got some Star Wars mochi, right? Yeah, we ended up getting Star Wars mochi at Disneyland. Oh, one thing before we move on to C. Um, I know Duffy and Shelly Mae aren't a big deal in the U.S. theme parks, but they're huge in Disney Sea, And Disney Sea is the only theme park where you can actually get um, merchandise um, of Duffy and his friends, um, Gelatoni the cat and Stella Lou the bunny. I want to say there's another one, but I might be forgetting. Um, yeah, was Olu in Disney Sea or only in Alani? Only in Alani. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they have a show. Um, this show is kind of weird though, because you have to order something from the restaurant, and then at the restaurant they escort you to the show. So we didn't end up watching that. Um, but yeah, Disney. Um, um, the Japanese love. Duffy and his friends. So if that's on your list, it's at Disney Sea. That's awesome. I, I feel like Duffy, I was never that into Duffy, especially when he did his meet and greets in Epcot. I've never met him when he was there. But then it seems like after they took him away, then I felt like I was missing out. And now we've kind of followed the Disney or the Duffy story. And we actually, when we were in Alani last October, we didn't buy Gelatoni when he was there. Olu was not uh, introduced yet, but we are uh, always kicking ourselves that we didn't pick up Gelatoni. Yeah, it's it's weird. We were the same way. Um, whenever you would walk around Epcot, you'd just be like, oh, why is there a stuffed bear? Yeah. And then once you actually see it and you see the stuffed animals and the merchandise, you kind of just get like sucked into the hype and 
just become part of it. Yeah, for sure. So for accuracy's sake, I was able to look up the, I was partly right. So there is an expansion coming to Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. It is scheduled to be done in 2022 instead of 2020. Um, and but Tokyo Disney Sea, they're adding an eighth port, which will include Frozen, Tangled, and Peter Pan in Disney Sea. Right. And then Tokyo Disneyland will be getting a Beauty and the Beast area and a Big Hero Six attraction. Nice. So that will be interesting. I feel like to see how they build that transition in of putting Frozen, Tangled, and Peter Pan into that into Disney Sea, where it's not as filled with as as much intellectual property. Yeah. So I'm actually looking at the map right now, and there is a portion that would probably connect the Mediterranean Harbor and the Arabian coast. There's a big plot of land. And if they can kind of make that their fantasy land um, kind of area and kind of put those all together, it would definitely work out. Good deal. Well, glad we got that uh, corrected so I don't get a ton of messages of people. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited for it. I, that's that's hopefully the time frame of when I hopefully can make it out there. Hopefully yeah. sooner, but then definitely after the expansion as well. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. So heading over to Disneyland, what were your initial thoughts with that park? So Disneyland, we kind of had a sense of what we were going to expect just because we have Magic Kingdom and we have Disneyland. But then again, you know, you never know what to expect because you're in a whole different country. Um, so when you enter the gates of Disneyland, you walk into their main street or what they call World Bazaar. Um, and basically, it's, it's just like Main Street. There's an emporium. There are shops. There are um, restaurants as well. Um, I want to say that's the majority of where the sit-down restaurants are. Um, so if you're looking to make a reservation, definitely head there earlier in the day and try to see if they can get you for a later time or a dinner even. Um, cool thing is there's actually the Club 33 there too. It's underneath. Um, when we were watching fireworks one night, you could see Club 33 open all the windows so that all the guests could see the fireworks. And then once fireworks ended, they closed it right away. <laughs> <laughs> no new uh, friends. Yeah. <laughs> So the uh, what their layout is is um, to the right of Main Street is Tomorrowland. Um, after that is Toontown, so they do have Toontown um, still there. They have Fantasyland, Critter Country, Western Land. So they don't have an Adventureland; it's called Western Land. Hmm. Um, that still freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> is it kind of a mix between Frontierland and Adventureland? No, no, no. So they have an Adventureland. Oh. It's just, I, I don't know if they have the word for frontier. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, gotcha. But they call it Western Land. Um, Interesting. So yeah, they have Adventureland. And um, they have a New Orleans Square area. They just don't name it. It's not like on the map. Um, um, and, that's, and then if you make your way around the circle, you end up right back at World Bazaar. Um, if you're walking towards the castle, their hub and their castle area is just massive land like a lot of land i guess they expected a lot of people to take pictures of the castle but there's just a lot of space there um which is really nice like it makes for perfect pictures just because 
you get all that space and everybody can take the pictures they want. Yeah, when I'm looking at the map, it seems like that the walkways and kind of the concourses are gigantic. Um, it almost seems like there's an inner, you mentioned hub and spoke, it almost seems like there's an inner hub and then an outer hub as well that leads off into the different lands. Yeah, so their hub is, like I said, is, is a lot of land. Um, one thing, too, that I didn't note is um, no matter what park you go to, um, maybe Disneyland a little bit more, um, it doesn't matter when you go. It's going to be busy. Um, and we found this out when we were visiting all of Tokyo. Their population is just so high. And if anybody steps out of the house, like it just adds to the mass of people. So um, if you're planning your days, you definitely want to do rope drop get a fast pass. Um, it was so busy that we would only usually get like two fast passes a day. Wow. And then after that, it would just run out. Did you get an indication on were most of these people Tokyo locals or were they traveling from all over Japan or even other Asian countries? So I would want to say there are locals because um, they do offer um, um, annual passes to locals. So we would see some of those people pull out their annual passes um, but I feel like the Japanese people that were staying at the hotels, those people were probably traveling um, and going to Disney for like the Halloween season. Um, another thing too is the Halloween season. There are they are they go overboard with their with their costumes, and you can tell these people have made their costumes. Sometimes you can't even tell because they look like actual cast members and actual princesses. Um, but my hat's off to them because it looks amazing the way they, they do their costumes. So some of them might just be end up getting a night at a hotel just because they want to change into their costume or something, but they do a great job. Yeah, good deal. So let's start with food. Um, anything in Disneyland that was really notable that you guys tried? Yeah, um, so they have more popcorn here. Um, they have churros, so their churros come in different flavors. Um, we ended up getting like a melon churro, um, which was kind of strange. It reminded me of like, um, kind of like a fruity pebble kind of taste, but then like also like a sour candy taste, um, which was strange. Uh, we didn't try the other churros. Um, there was like a special specialty churro for the 35th anniversary. We didn't try that, but the bakery in World Bazaar, um, Sweetheart Bakery, or Sweetheart Cafe, or something like that. We ate there for breakfast one day, and that possibly could have been, like, one of our favorite meals. Um, the Another Instagram worthy thing here is the Mike Wazowski melon bread. Mm -hmm. um, if you put your face anywhere near this bread, you can just smell um, honeydew, and it smells amazing. Um, basically, it's, it's Mike Wazowski colored green colored bread um, with an eye and the pupil is like a chocolate piece of bread, which is really good. Um, what we also got there was the Jack Skellington sandwich. Um, they had that for, for the Halloween season. And what it is, is it, it's a sandwich and the bun bread is meant to look like Jack Skellington. Same deal. They use the chocolate for the eyes on that but then it's a pastrami sandwich with um egg salad interesting and lettuce. yeah 
Yeah, so it's a full-on, like, meal sandwich um, with, like, chocolate bread eyes. I thought it was actually really good. Um, it was one of my favorites. Uh, next on, like, one of our memorable meals was the Hungry Bear Cafe. Um, that restaurant focuses on, like, Japanese-style curry. So you'll get, like, a portion of rice, curry, and, um, like, your choice of, of protein. Um, I got pork cutlet, which is, like, fried, defried in, like, panko breadcrumbs. And that was really good. Um, um, and then I forgot what restaurant it was. Um, we ended up eating in Western Land or Critter Country, one of the two. But what I remembered was the egg. They had hard-boiled egg, but the egg yolk was shaped as Mickey. Yes. <laughs> and that blew my mind. And we got a lot of messages about that on Instagram. And one of our followers actually sent us a YouTube video. And I I don't know. I kind of felt cheated. <laughs> so if you're willing to, can you spoil it for us? How did they do that? Yeah. So I, w- I was thinking really hard about this. I was like, do they make hard-boiled eggs? And does, like, somebody scoop out the shape of Mickey? <laughs> the Mickey shape was just too perfect. It didn't make any sense. Um, basically, that video, uh, I don't know. Maybe I should just let them, let you guys. Link it in the show notes. Yeah, maybe watch it yourself. <laughs> and then you can uh, decide if you want to ruin the magic or not. Yeah, that, that's a good choice. I think so. So... Speaking of Mickey-shaped things, I don't want to get you too too off track, but the Mickey-shaped soap dispensers I thought was oh, yeah. awesome. So um, that is at every restroom, just as long as you want to use the kids' sink. <laughs> what you do? Uh, yeah. Um, they actually have one at Disney Sea that kind of promotes like health, uh, cleanliness, and it's just out in, in Mysterious Island. And just like everything else in, in these parks, is it's a long line just to use soap. <laughs> <laughs> but once you squeeze it onto your hand, it comes out Mickey-shaped, which is really awesome. Yeah, that does sound awesome. So before we move on to attractions, any other food that, that came, comes to mind? In Toontown, they actually have egg rolls as a snack. Um, and they have a pizza egg roll. Um, Basically, think of a Totino's um, pizza snack, but like an egg roll. Wow. It really yeah, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember. Did you eat that for breakfast one day? Yeah, we ate that for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> it was super greasy, but we ate it for breakfast. Hey, no better time. <laughs> good deal. So next, moving on to attractions. So I guess first one maybe Space Mountain. What what were your thoughts on that one? Uh, Space Mountain was was nice. Um, one thing that you'll notice in the in the Tokyo theme parks is the thrill factor on a lot of them. It's not as intense as the American parks. Um, so Space Mountain wasn't as thrilling. It was still a nice ride. Um, it had the same feel as like a Disneyland one where. It, you don't feel like your head's going to get chopped off. But um, it wasn't bad. It, it's different. So, I mean, as far as, like, any of the duplicates, I would do every single ride that you can just because 
they are a little bit different, if not better. Um, the only one that would probably not be on that list would be the Toy Story one. Gotcha. But the entrance to Toy Story is an Instagram spot as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Visit the land for sure. Visit the land. Just don't get on the ride because you'll be waiting for like two hours. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so let's see. What are the other like big attractions that people line up for there? Um, the big one, the big e-ticket is uh, Pooh's Honey Hunt. Um, you wouldn't think, you know, going to Disney World or Disneyland that Winnie the Pooh would be on the top of your list, but you need to make it part of your list. Um, so the Winnie Pooh there is actually trackless. So there's no track that the vehicles go on and it kind of goes in all these different directions and it looks like you're going to hit certain, um, you're going to hit like the other, the other cars or you're going to hit like any of the scenery um, but it's all like designed to be that way. And it's really awesome. We wrote it a, a couple of times. Um, and that's the one that usually goes quickly as far as fast passes. Yeah. I was actually watching, um, someone else's vlog the other day and mm-hmm. the line just to get a fast pass for that ride was like a 20 minute wait. Did you guys yeah. experience the same thing? Um, so another good thing about staying at the hotels, the Disney hotels, is you get um, basically a head start to get into the theme park. Um, so you get, for Disneyland, I want to say it's um, 30 minutes. Um, so you get to go basically beat the rush and get in line first. So none of the attractions are open, but you can actually get in line. Um, so our line wasn't as long just because we had that little little uh, early entrance. But um, later on in the day, it, it definitely got really long. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Thinking about some of the others, back in Tomorrowland, something that I was surprised um, the difference between was the Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters between Magic Kingdom and Disneyland. What was the setup for the one in Tokyo? Sadly, we didn't ride that one. Oh, man. We didn't ride that. Um, if we were talking about other attractions in Tomorrowland, how could I forget the Monsters ride? Oh, yeah? So the Monsters ride is like an interactive ride. Um, basically, you get in your vehicle. Did you ride the Monsters in Disneyland? We did, yep. Yeah, so it, it's very um, reminiscent of that one. But instead of like Astro Blasters where you get a gun, you actually get a uh, flashlight. And whenever you see the Monsters Inc. hat, you flash, the, you flash your flashlight on their hat, on the emblem. And a certain monster will appear, um, which is actually really fun. I thought that was a cool one. Um, so with that being said, the Monsters Ride and Pooh's Honey Hunt are the main two unique rides compared to the other parks. Yeah. And that's so interesting that, and I guess it may just go with the Japanese culture and what the and what they like to ride. But it, it doesn't seem like they have that huge like a, a mission breakout or a, a big flight of passage, like big thrill ride. That- no, so um, I didn't talk about it, but at Disney Sea, they do have Tower of Terror, which is probably their most thrilling ride. But what's different in the Tower of Terror is the theming's different. I don't want to spoil that for anyone, but the theming is amazing. Um, I like that storyline a lot. Um, but the, the main difference around the ride is there's a seat belt, but it's like a car seat belt. So it goes around your chest. Hmm. So you're kind of strapped to the seat, 
so you don't feel the g-forces as much as like a a seatbelt that just goes around your waist um so a lot of the rides um the, the thrilling aspect is not really there um that may appeal to some people it may not yeah that sounds interesting for sure i mean i think that you know it's just a different type of attraction and and so you just have a, to appreciate them for what they are. Because, I mean, I feel like there's no videos or no reviews that I've watched that anybody says that Pooh's Honey Hunt is not amazing. It's just a different type of enjoyment. Yeah. Um, nobody's looking to get scared there, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we weren't able to ride Big Thunder. Unfortunately, it was closed. Um, so we didn't ride that. We rode Splash. Um, I thought that animatronics are really nice um i don't know what it is but it seems like a lot of the animatronics are a lot fresher um and all the all the special effects are a lot crisper as well um we saw that um in the indiana jones ride um which is at disney sea and it just seemed a lot better same thing with roger rabbit in toontown um their special effects and their um just the ride itself it looked like it was a brand new ride, even though the park's been open for like since 83 now or 80. Yeah. 83. Hmm. Interesting. So in at splash mountain, is that kind of similar to the ones that we have in the U S yes. Um, the seat seats are, um, side by side, gotcha. not at, not the same at Disneyland where it's, um, kind of that log where you sit right directly behind somebody, um, which is nice. I'm interested if you got any feedback or, or had any impressions on kind of that Critter Country area and especially having a ride themed after Song of the South, which I imagine is not very popular in Japanese culture. Do you feel like it fit in or, or was it kind of out of place or people appreciate it um, being in Japan? No, it definitely fit in. Um, they love that ride. The line gets pretty long for Splash Mountain. So if you can get us a... a Get a fast pass. That was one of the fa fast passes we got later on in the day. <coughs> but I think um, <coughs> I'm not too sure. But I I believe the Japanese people just like it because the animatronics in it. Yeah. Being being uh, being just animals like cute animals. So yeah. Uh, I don't like they 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 still love it. I guess I have to be truthful, and there's probably not too many people who go to Magic Kingdom or to. Um, Disneyland who have seen Song of the South anymore nowadays. So yeah. it's it's probably the, the same effect that we get here. Yeah, the good thing about that ride is it can stand alone Yeah, without, without the movie, so that's pretty nice. Good deal. So let's see, anything in Adventureland? Um, do, the, do they have a Pirates of the Caribbean there? Um, so they, it's technically like in between World Bazaar and Adventureland, um, but they do have a Pirates um pirates was really nice um it had the same two drops just like disneyland um and it was about the length of disneyland as well there is no redhead though she's not there oh man so they she's just there but she's not the redhead she's not like a pirate redhead ah i see so if you want you if you like the old pirates of the caribbean head over to tokyo <laughs> um one difference about uh, Adventureland is the tiki room. Um, their tiki room, all in Japanese, so we didn't understand any of it. 
But it was awesome because Stitch was actually in it, and like he takes over the tiki room, which is really cool. And some of the birds are wearing Stitch ears, right? Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, I guess when you think of Stitch, you think kind of Polynesian, um, Hawaiian influence, but I never would have thought of a mashup between the Tiki yeah. Room and Stitch. Yeah, I don't know if the script works, but the attra- the animatronics, that works. The songs work, so it's all good. <laughs> That's good. So let's see, any other attractions that were notable? Uh, last thing in Adventureland was um, their Jungle Cruise. Um, same thing, they speak in Japanese. So like when you get to the backside of water, I don't know if they don't tell that joke, but nobody was yelling except for us. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but the effects are really awesome. It like it reminds me of like the Jungle Cruise meets Indiana Jones, which is crazy. Wow, there's there's no thrill aspect to it, but the effects are yeah. are like Indiana Jones. That's um, awesome. And I think the last thing, last attraction would be um, out in Fantasyland. They have um, the Haunted Mansion. Um, we didn't. It, because it was Halloween season, they have um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Unfortunately, we we weren't able to ride it just because fast passes were gone and the line was constantly long. Gotcha. From just talking to other people in research, is it similar to the Haunted Mansion holiday that they have in Disneyland? I would I would say so. Um, that Jack Jack uh, Nightmare Before Christmas theme. Mm-hmm. Well, good deal. Um, last one that I had on my list was it's a small world. Did you guys get on that one? We didn't. Um, we actually met up with some friends when we were there and they were able to ride it. And it was like the Disneyland version with the characters in it. Gotcha. Well, I had a couple other things that I wanted to talk about. Kind of just the Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland resort in general. Um, so you mentioned already crowd levels, it always seemed like it's pretty busy always, right? You just kind of have to know that going into it. Yeah, so definitely manage your expectations when going into it. <clears throat> um, to any of you who actually watched our videos or our stories on that trip, um, it may not have seemed like it was busy because when we would film our stories, we wouldn't be around people. Um, but I don't know if that was because people were at shows or rides. Um, but you definitely feel it when the parades are there. Um, cause Bain street and the hub basically becomes like neck, like shoulder to shoulder with people. Um, and that's how busy it gets. So something I've always heard about Japanese, uh, culture and with Tokyo Disneyland specifically is that a lot of the guests are very courteous sitting down during parades or sitting down during fireworks shows. Is that a myth or is that something that, that legitimately goes on there? Yeah, very true. Um, so for parades, everybody's sitting down. Um, nobody has big iPads out. Nobody has children on their shoulders. Um, so that was definitely a good thing to see. Um, for rides and attractions, they always tell you no phones. Um, luckily, like we were rebellious and we were taking <laughs> videos of attractions. Um, I did get stopped one time at Country Bear, and the lady told me to put my phone away. Um, so yeah, there's, you don't get that um, flash photography in rides just because nobody, or just because they tell they tell that spiel at every ride. Um, 
another thing that I want to mention about the rides is they're very efficient as far as rides. Um, so if you have a backpack, they'll tell you ahead of time while you're in line, can you take your backpack off now? So that the loading and the unloading process is very quick. Um, so it kind of makes the, the lines go by a little bit quicker, which is nice. Yeah, that does sound nice for sure. Another thing too, um, whenever they're eating at like quick services, um, I just don't know if like there's just no crime in, in the theme parks, but they tend to just leave everything at the table, all their belongings, and then go get food. Um, we weren't that brave. We would still take our things and then go f and try to find a table. Um, but I, I feel like that was just part of the, their theme park culture. Yeah. Well, good deal. Um, I mean, and just other things that you noticed about kind of the Japanese culture and the Japanese people as far as other guests and the cast members as well. Um, how did you guys find that? Oh, the cast members were great. Um, the ones that we were able to communicate with, um, the ones in the theme park or the, the hotel, um, they spoke a little bit of English. Um, they were great. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but we actually did spend a night at Tokyo Hilton, um, or Tokyo Bay, I think, or something like that. Hilton, Tokyo Bay. Um, and that they were very accommodating to English speakers. Um, they were great. Um, cast members in the park, awesome. Um, the cleanliness of the park, so the, the janitor, the janitorial staff, they do a great job. The park is super clean. Um, and then one pointer I do want to point out to people, um, not so much in the, in the theme parks, but more along um, Tokyo, um, but it kind of does translate into the parks, is um, the Japanese people don't walk and eat. Um, usually when they get food, they'll find a place to sit down or just find a place to stand, finish their meal, and then throw it away. So whenever you're walking around the theme parks, there's not as many trash cans, um, just because they tend to stay in one area and eat. Um, and it is kind of frowned upon if you're walking around and eating. That's interesting. And, and that's I'm sure that helps with the cleanliness as well. Yeah, for sure. So let's see. What about the weather? How was it for you guys? Oh, so we went in the October. We went in October, um, and we were expecting cold weather um, and rain. It did rain on us one day. That was not pleasant. Um, but it, as far as temperature, it was roughly around like sixty degrees. So it wasn't too cold. Um, the only thing is, I suggest um, dressing in layers because when it comes to inside the stores and inside the attractions heaters are blaring um so it tends to get hot and i would i would end up occasionally getting hot and like sweating inside um, any store or any restaurant or or ride um so that was that was something that i did not prepare for um something else would be character interaction so i know they have a unique way of greeting characters right yes so when you're at disney sea um, most of the characters are in the New York area, and then when you're at the um, when you're at Disneyland, most of the characters are in the main entrance area. Um, so before you even get into World Bazaar, um, there's a big area with just open space and a lot of characters um, just meet there. Um, we saw Esmeralda, we saw 
um, Chippendale. So a bunch of random characters as well. Mick Scrooge or um, Scrooge McDuck was out there. Um, but anyway, how you kind of meet and greet the characters is you tend to form a circle around the character. And what you do is you try your hardest to get their attention. And if you're lucky enough, they'll select you to take a picture to like um, to sign your autograph book or whatever. But you have to try really hard to get their attention, which is really strange and kind of um, kind of discouraging at first. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like everybody knows what they're doing as far as the people, the, the Japanese people. Because they know exactly what to do. And then we're over here kind of just standing around and feeling awkward because it's not something we're used to. Um, so that happens with the characters that are walking around. Of course, they have characters that have, like, actual cues. Um, but, yeah, this one, if you if you see any characters walking around, just try to get their attention and they'll take a picture with you. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, one of your videos that Megan said that, you know, it was kind of a... Uh, a awkward experience that first time. I think it was Pinocchio that you just had to find a way to get his attention. Yeah. <laughs> At times we didn't even try, um, but it was cool seeing Pinocchio around. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So just a couple more things and then we'll wrap this up. I think we've covered some really great topics. I wanted to ask, so you spent a couple days there. Did you see anybody in a Walt's wardrobe t-shirt or any kind of apparel? <laughs> I did not. Uh, we looked far and wide, but we did not. We did get a couple uh, cast members' messages and saying, saying that uh, you know it would be nice to meet them. And then uh, I know we have some customers from Japan that have bought from us, so we've shipped to Japan. They're out there. I just I just didn't see them this trip. Well, maybe you know with you guys repping it so hard, then it'll be kind of a wave, and you guys introduced it to those parks. And, <laughs> and next time you get back, it'll be there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, and did you guys, without giving anything away, but did you get any inspiration or any design ideas that you sent to any of your artists that, that maybe we can see down the road with the Tokyo inspiration? Um, we actually released a shirt for this trip. Um, we list, we uh, released a Marie tee um, that has um, Japanese, um, their characters, and it basically spells out lady. And it's a Marie designed in a kawaii kind of style. And that was actually a collab with our, our buddies, um, the man and the mouse. Um, so we did that. Um, but when we were there, it was really hard to work and to just take it all in. It was, <laughs> we did not want to work, but we knew we had to do some stuff. And we kind of just wanted to do it all. Um, so it was, it was tough. Yeah. Well, good deal. So just kind of overall feelings, would you go back to those parks? Would you recommend it to any Disney fans out there to make the trek to Tokyo? Oh, for sure. Um, We kind of talked about this on our stories. Um, When you're in the theme parks, um, food is affordable. Theme park tickets are affordable. Um, The big ticket items are definitely the, the airfare to go there. And the hotels, depending on where you stay. If you stay at Tokyo Hilton, um, that's a great location. Um, very comfortable. The rooms are big, um, so there's no worry about the rooms being too small there. Um, and the um, 
another big thing is probably the souvenirs. Um, but I mean, if you're going there, you're going to save some money to get some souvenirs for sure. Um, but we would definitely recommend it. Um, you can definitely make this a budget trip if you, if you plan it out correctly. Um, and we definitely wish more people would, would kind of go there and kind of try to bring, I don't know. I don't know if I feel like I want to bring that stuff over here or kind of just want to leave it over there and just have it as that special Tokyo park that kind of doesn't um, come close to any of the uh, of the parks in, in the U.S. Um, but it was an amazing park. Um, as far as time, we did four and a half days in the theme parks. We were able to do just about everything, but if we had more time, we would definitely take it. So um, it, it's been about like a week since we've been there, or like two weeks since we've been there. And Megan and I talk about it every day, how much we miss it and how much we want to go back. So hopefully we can go back soon, sooner than later. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, so you guys spent a couple of days in Tokyo as well. Would you recommend setting aside some time to experience downtown Tokyo as well as going to the parks? Oh, of course. Uh, if you love Japanese food, if you love sushi, if you love ramen, um, let's see, like um, we did uh, Wagyu steak. We did an all-you-can-eat Wagyu steak there. Lunch was like 50 bucks. Um, if you love any of that Japanese food, um, definitely recommend it. Um, if you love shopping, if it comes down to um, getting anything kawaii or cute, if you love streetwear, sneakers, um, definitely go to Tokyo. You would be blown away. Um, what I love about the Tokyo culture is if they do something, they're going to do that one thing, and they're going to do it amazing. Um, they're gonna, they're just gonna uh, knock it out of their parks, and you can definitely tell when it comes to their food or you know whatever they're trying to sell to you. Um, they're great at it, so we definitely recommend going to Tokyo, setting aside a couple days. Um, we did around three days, and that was nowhere near enough time. Um, we definitely want to see other parts of the country as as well. Um, Kyoto is a two hour bullet train ride away and we wish we had more time for that but we'll definitely get it on the second trip yeah that's awesome and i enjoyed following along with those tokyo stories as well it seems like there was always really fun things to do it looked like whether it be snacks or, or awesome stores to go to so it was it was really great following along so the last thing you guys made a little detour on the way back home and stopped in alani so i know we talked about it in our last episode together, it's somewhere that both my wife and I and you and Megan love. So how was that just capping off the trip uh, in paradise? Yeah, we kind of had to do it because, I mean, that plane ride's pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, 14 hours from Houston, but if we break it up and we go to Hawaii, it's seven one way and then seven home. So um, we ended up going to Alani, and it was the perfect way to just kind of like relax and because we ended up walking like eight to 10 miles each day while we were in Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo city. So, um, it was a great way to just kind of relax and prepare ourselves to get ready to go back to real life. Yeah. Getting some Masubi and some Dole Whip and, and, Dole Whip, and, yeah. and ready to, to hit the ground running when you get back. Yeah. They actually had, um, or, uh, pumpkin soft serve for the Halloween time. How was that? We didn't try it. It was just 
it was it was a big old thing of pumpkin soft serve and i'm like we're not big pumpkin fans but <laughs> yeah i just wanted to ask them to get just get like a spoonful but <laughs> well that's awesome well i know that myself and and all of your followers really enjoyed following while along with the trip it really has me itching to get out to tokyo so i appreciate you guys whipping the phones out being able to share some of those experiences because it, it kind of spreads that magic and and hopefully we'll get some more people out to those parks but so the last question I want to ask you, have you decided on your next international destination? I mean, we're trying really hard to get ourselves to go somewhere else, but we want to go back to Tokyo. So <laughs> we're taking that out of the question. Um, we're looking at Shanghai and Hong Kong, kind of doing that together. Um, probably uh, Hong Kong first, just because that's the easier one to get to. To get to Shanghai, you do have to get like a Chinese visa. Um, so it's a little bit more difficult, but if we can knock out those two parks, that would be awesome just because we've heard really good things about uh, Phantom Manor and um, their pirates at Shanghai. Oh, yeah, for sure. And maybe get to, uh, if you get out there soon enough, you can get a sneak peek of Tron before it comes to Orlando. Oh, yeah, for sure. How could I forget about Tron? <laughs> well, good deal. Was there anything else that you want to mention before we wrap this up? Uh, if anybody needs questions or has questions about um, possibly doing a Tokyo trip, definitely hit us up. Uh, you can email us email us at uh, hello at waltz, W-A-L-T-S hyphen wardrobe.com. Or you can shoot us a Instagram message and uh, I'll try to get back to you guys. Yeah, well, that's awesome. And I know people appreciate you being so approachable and, and kind of sharing your experiences from there and hopefully helping out people on other trips. And so I uh, think we covered a lot of ground. I'm sure there's always more to talk about, um, but we can have those conversations offline and, and hopefully um, you'll be able to go back to the park soon and, and share even more. So I appreciate you jumping on with us today and, and kind of sharing your trip report. Of course. I love being on anytime. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure to subscribe to never miss the new episodes on Mondays, Tuesday, and Thursday. Be sure to leave us an iTunes review and share the show with your friends to help spread the magic. Connect with us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast or at DetourToNeverland.com.